These are stories of women, mothers, and enterprises filled with grit, gumption, and overcoming. Where in the midst of adversity, we see her rise up. She makes a choice. She chooses to emerge. I'm your host, Becca Erickson. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of the To Emerge podcast. I'm here with Florida babe, Christina Nicholson. You guys, all of us in Minnesota, don't you wish you were her right now? Christina is mom to two and a reporter, anchor, PR agency owner. Uh, you can check her out at mediamavenandmore.com. She's done TEDx. She's a podcaster. So we're going to learn so much about balancing such a high-profile career with being a mom. And we welcome you, Christina. Thank you so much for having me, Becca. Yeah, so fun, so fun. Okay, so will you launch into, I guess, your daughter's early elementary. Is she like kindergarten age? First grade. Okay, first grade. So will you launch into like seven years ago, transitioning into motherhood, how, how that whole process went, and then becoming a mom to two with a career? Yeah. Okay. So I was working full time at NBC and actually it's funny. I started working at NBC in Miami in, I guess it would be January or February, um, early 2011 ish. And I remember it was like three months after I got hired there. I had to tell my boss I was pregnant. And I was like, okay, so this is happening fast. (laughs) And I always just, I mean, he was really, really nice about it. But in my mind, I made it out to be like, he's going to be really mad because here I start a job and now I'm pregnant. And I know like you shouldn't think like that. And I think there's like laws that you can't like (laughs) show you're upset (laughs) about an employee being pregnant, but whatever. So I told him, um, went on maternity leave, you know, nine months later and came back. But um, I literally worked until a couple of days before I had her just because I could, it was fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, good pregnancy then. Yeah, no, it was fine. So then I had her and then I, I, you know, I had my nine weeks, 10 weeks off. And then I went back to work. She was in daycare, which I mean, it was fine. She liked it. My kids like it. I mean, you know, there's some people who are anti daycare. I'm clearly not one of them. Um, I thought it was great. They loved it they're fine today. So, (laughs) so then that happened. And then a couple of years later I had my son and I left working in TV news full time. Mm -hmm. Um, after going back to work after my son, um, he was four months old when I left the industry and I left the industry for a couple of reasons. The biggest one being that I'm in Florida, my family's in Ohio, my husband's family is in Canada. And if you have school age children, um, they're not even school age, they're daycare age, but even daycares, you know, that they close a lot for lots of reasons that most of us working mothers still have a job to go to on those days. When they become school age, it gets even worse. Like I'm shocked at how often schools and daycares close. And then you have to, when they're not closed, when they're opened with daycares, you have to be there by six o'clock at night. And when you work in TV news, 
you work way past six. Sometimes you work early in the morning, you work weekends, you work holidays. So for me, the scheduling part of being a working parent was a problem. So I was looking for another job. I went from TV to public relations just because I was pitched by terrible publicists when I was in TV. So then I thought, well, let me go into public relations and actually pitch the media the right way. Salvage this. (laughs) Right. So I did that for about six months. I was still annoyed by the fact that I had to wake up in the morning, super early to rush to get ready, to rush to get the kids to school, to rush to make it to work on time. Cause I had one of those bosses who was like crazy. If you didn't like walk in the building right when you were supposed to, like he didn't care about the quality of work that you did. He was more concerned of what time you came into work and what time you left. So I was looking for another job with flexibility and nobody would give it to me. Nobody wants to let you work at home because they don't trust you because people have bad work ethics and this and that, which I get, but still like I got the Wi-Fi at home, people, I can make it happen at home. So that's when I said, screw it. I'm just going to do this on my own. I'm in the service-based industry. I don't need money to start a business. I just need clients. So I just started promoting myself, treating myself as a PR client and and doing PR on my brand. And that's how I built my business. And four years later, here we are. Yeah. Amazing. So really you, you were like your pioneer media maven. That was going to be your first client. And you were like, I'm just going to make myself the speaker. Pretty much because I don't like, I don't like sales tactics and I don't like, you know, the way a lot of people approach you with, you know, like a novel and your LinkedIn in mail on why you should hire them. So I thought, let me just do what I do for clients. Let me just do that for myself. And that's what I did. And then clients started coming to me. And four years later, I mean, I have a team of five or six now, and that's how I've, I've built my business. And I can do it like wearing yoga pants at home with no makeup, talking to you right now. I can take a break to pick my kids up from school and come back when they have all those so-called, I'm using air quotes, holidays off school. I don't have to worry about finding a babysitter on President's Day um, to, to take care of them. So that is how I became my own boss. And it was never something I planned. It was more so I just wanted a flexible schedule and nobody gave it to me. So I had to make it for myself, really. Yeah. Okay. And so your like team, where are all five of you, six of you at any given time, just at your own homes? Exactly. Yeah. Because with me, for me and what I do, it doesn't matter where you are. We are a very results-based industry and yeah. business. So as long as you are hitting the goals for the clients every month, I don't care where you're working. I don't care when you're working. As long as you're hitting the goals, then good for you. I don't even care how many hours you're working. Like you have a set number of goals every month. If you hit them all in one day, then just monitor your email for the next month. Like I I, I don't like the office politics. I don't like the corporate America BS. You know, like my last boss that I had, like it didn't matter that I was emailing him between 7 a.m. and 8.30 a.m., you know, with work-related stuff. If I walked in the office at 9.01, I was a minute late and he was an a-hole mm. for the rest of the day for that reason. Like, as long as the client is happy and you're happy and you're doing your job, I could care less about yeah. anything else. Yeah. Do you guys have a niche of who your clients are? We have a couple of – I have a team of publicists who have niches. Okay. So – 
you know, I have my, I, I live in South Florida. I, I really like working with the local restaurants and hotels mm. and salons and spas. So I have my local people who are good for that. But then I have my clients who are experts, you know, they have books or they have blogs. They want to get published and they want to get exposure for things relating to their expertise in their industry. So I have my expert publicists who help with that. And then I also take on coaching clients where I help them on a variety of topics. So whether it's done for you or it is done with you, um, I always go to people on my team who have experience in that industry and in that niche to, to deliver the most success for the client. Right. Right. That's what they're the best at. So you just assign them to that. Exactly. Smart. Tell me some things um, where as a solopreneur who then became an entrepreneur building a team, tell me some things that kind of rattled you when you felt torn between making Medium even a brand, but then now I did all this so that I could be a more present mom or a, a more available mom because of daycare issues. Like, how do you hold that tension? Yeah. Okay. So there's a couple of things. When I started building a team it wasn't really building a team to build a business. It was building a team because I got to the point where in my business, my, my income was so inconsistent. Like one month I do $2,000. The next month I do a thousand. The next month I do 11,000. And then the month after that, I'm back at 2000. And so I was constantly, and this is the very beginning. I was constantly working not only to get leads and get new clients, but then I was constantly doing all of the servicing. So I was wearing so many hats. I was sales. I was marketing. I was the publicist. I was doing everything. And I had one client who, I mean, their, their industry was, um, in healthcare and I was pitching them around the time before the election. So everybody who was covering anything in healthcare, they were very distracted and doing yeah. stories on, you know, Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump and all of that election drama. And I, I just needed help. And I said, okay, I'm going to give away some of this money and bring on somebody to help me. So I brought somebody on my very first team member and she's still on my team today. And I said, look, I just need some help. I'm having a hard time placing this client. And unfortunately it was just the timing, you know, with the election, the news, you know, was, was elsewhere. And I said, I need your help. And so she came on and she helped me. And even though I was collecting less money, there was just such a weight off my shoulders because then I was like, why am I working 12, 14 hour days and not being happy, being stressed, always being in a bad mood? Like if I wanted this, I would just go get a job. So, I mean, it, it was just like, it was miserable. Yeah. And then after I hired her, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so nice. I should hire more people <laughs> because at that point it wasn't even about the money it was about the freedom. And I know that sounds cliche. Like everybody says, oh, we do it for the freedom. But the truth of the matter is, is that money can buy you freedom. Like, yes, you need money. Money isn't everything, but it touches everything. So like when people say freedom, like, okay, give me an example of what that is. And there is some kind of money component, you know, like, yeah. well, freedom is coming and going as I please. Okay. So you're going to come and go as you please, but how are you going to get there? Oh, you're going to take a car. Well, that costs money. You yeah. want to, you want to be able to go to the movies in the middle of the day? Well, that costs money, you know? So I still needed to make money, but I realized that by spending money on a team member, 
I could focus my time and energy on A, things that I was good at, and B, where I wanted to be, things that I enjoyed doing, not things that I had to do. So after that, I kind of like got the hiring bug and I was like, okay, well now whenever I get a new client, I'm going to have a dedicated publicist to that client and I'm going to work on my business instead of working in it. And that's when things really shifted for me and I hired a business coach. That was another decision that it took me a while to make because everybody on the internet is a business coach and they are really not, but they say they are on the internet because apparently that's just like a cool thing to do is to go on the internet and say you're an expert in something when you're not. So it took me a while to hire my first business coach, but she was um, referred to me by a friend. I went to an event. She made a lot of money. Her clients made a lot of money and her clients stayed with her year after year. So based on those three things, I put $15,000 on a business card or a, yeah, a business credit card. And I didn't have $15,000 at the time. And I think that's important to mention because a lot of people when they're starting businesses, they say, oh, well, I don't have money or I can't afford that right now. Well, most people, when they are just starting a business and they're investing money, they can't afford it either. That's why they put it on a credit card and they do whatever they're told by their business coach, whatever it takes, whatever you're putting on the credit card to actually pay it off. And my goal was to pay the $15,000 off in a year. And I paid it off in six months. Yeah. Thank you. And then after six months, I upgraded into the next level of coaching and that was like $30,000 and I paid for it in full. I didn't need to make payments. And that was all the same gal. Yeah, Hmm. exactly. And my mindset, when I think back to my mindset, when I first started my business, working 14 hours a day, always in a bad mood, always stressed out. And then I look at my business now where I have a team of people who are working for me so I can work on the business. I have all of this money invested in coaching. So I'm much more strategic. I just, I took out the trial and error and now I'm just doing what I need to do to, to maintain or slowly grow. You know, I, I don't have goals of having a big agency with offices and all of that. I don't want that. I, I only want independent contractors and I want all of them to be hybrid and work in places they feel comfortable. And I want them to have a lifestyle where they can come and go as they please. Right. Because that's an enjoyable way to work. It's definitely evolved from crazy, busy, professional freelancer to business owner. I think it's, it's something that it's, it's a different season, right? Like I'm not, I'm, my kids are different ages now, you know, now they're six and four. When I started, they were just a few months old and they were two. Yeah. So, you know, things change in your life. So things change in your business and it's nice to have people in your corner to tell you what to do next. So you don't, you don't waste time and you don't waste energy and you don't waste money. Yeah. What are some tricks that you have then with all these contractors saying, you know, like you choose your quality of life and your best work environment because you'll actually be more productive. And then how do you apply that to yourself then? Like once, if your mind is still thinking about your business. And then once the kids are home, you're like, ah, I got to shut that down. But this is, I'm in my environment. I'm in my, my groove. <laughs> I am really crazy about my Google calendar and putting things in it. So I like to batch things like yeah. Tuesdays are my podcasting days. Thursdays are my YouTube days. So I used to batch just time, like a few hours a day, but then I got to batching days And it's just so nice. Like I take all of my calls, all of my media mentoring clients, all of those calls are on Monday. 
And it just makes it so easy going into my day. I know what to expect. My husband knows if it's not in the calendar, it's not getting done. So it has to be in the calendar. And just setting time aside, like even if I want to stress out about something, I mean, not that you want to stress out about something, but say (laughs) something happens and you're like, oh my gosh, I know this is going to worry me. Like you literally put it in the calendar as something to get to later. And then you can focus on whatever you're doing at that time. Exactly. I I think for me, turning on work time and turning off work time for family time, it really just has to be something that's in the calendar and you just have to be committed to making it happen because it doesn't do, do you well if you put it in the calendar and ignore it. You have to actually be committed to what's in there. So do they kind of respect that same principle with you? Like, yep, mom likes this structure and she likes calendar. We're learning that from her. Or how do you adapt to like when they have an extra special need or they have something pop up, you know, like school closures. We talked about that. So for example, and this is when like, you don't realize how many days schools close for until your child is in school. So, you know, you get the schedule at the beginning of the school year. And then I literally will go on the calendar and I will block off that whole day. So I don't, I don't plan anything that day. Like I really look at it as a day off and honest to God, I think there were 25 days that my daughter, she's in first grade, 25 days. I just try to block the whole day out because it is hard for me to work when they're here. And it's funny because when I started my business, people are like, oh, are you doing that to spend more time with the kids? And I'm like, no, like, <laughs> I, are you doing that to stay home with the kids? I'm like, no, because you cannot work at home with kids. If you work yeah. at home with kids, you're probably working a total of two hours a day. I cannot build a business and make money like legit money, two hours a day. So no, my kids go to daycare and guess what? They love daycare. They are lovely children. They like socializing. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. You guys went on Polar Express. I mean, they have a great life. Yeah. And that's another fun thing about what I do. So, you know, like I was in TV and then I, I help people and business owners with their public relations to get on TV, but there's so much overlap between that and social media and blogging. So I say my side hustle is a lifestyle blog, and I do it for a couple of reasons. One, because there's so much overlap in what I do professionally in my business. I want to keep my finger on the pulse of what's going on, so I got to be in it, right? Like I, yep. I pride myself on practicing what I preach. So if I'm going to help you work with bloggers, I'm going to be a blogger. Like I want to be on all sides of it. And then the other reasoning is that we get a lot of fun experiences. I, I have grown my blog. I've grown my social media following. So we got invited to go on the Polar Express and it was so much fun. And it's like, we, I get paid for some of these things. I get comp hotel stays, you know, visits to theme parks, all of it. So they kind of are a part of my work and they understand that. I do some TV hosting for the balancing act, which is a morning show on lifetime TV. And we did a week long Orlando vacation and the cameras came along and I did my hosting thing. And it was like, okay, guys swim to the slide. We got to get that on camera. We have something coming up here that they're going to shoot in my house. We've done a couple of cooking segments here at my house for a lifetime. And they'll miss school. Just like the teachers have teacher work day. I say my kids have kid work day because they work with mommy, you know, like as a family blogger um, and a TV host, I get these opportunities. So they know that I work and they're part of the work and they know I work from home. So I think it's good for them to see all of that and actually participate in it too, because it helps them understand it a little better. And they don't actually think they have a normal childhood, right? Cause like there's no cameras in my house watching my three kids. (laughs) Do they, do they know that it's unique? 
No, I mean, it's just because it's all they've ever known, you know, like, I mean, since, since they were little, I've been on TV. When they see me on TV, they're like, oh, look, you're on TV. I mean, I think at first, every once in a while, they'll, they'll be impressed. But then there's some, there's sometimes I'll be like, oh, we're going to do an Instagram story of my kids watching me on TV. And they are so not interested. And I'm like, okay, guys, you couldn't like fake it for the story. Like there's just so not, they don't even care. Yeah. They keep you humble, right? They keep you honest. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm like, okay, well, I guess that's not impressive. Moving on. It's <laughs> so good though. It's so good for us. Kids are like the hardest thing we've ever done, but they're actually the best thing for our soul, right? Right. Like they're very honest. Sometimes it's like, okay, you could have sugarcoated that a little bit. They give us the best feedback. What are you guys um, looking forward to in 2019, whether it's the family or with Media Maven? I mean, again, we're doing a lot of like collaborations. Like I'm speaking at the Mom 2.0 Summit in Austin in April. Cool. they're going to come with me. I figure like, well, if I'm going to go to Austin to speak, let's go for an extra few days. You guys come, we'll make it a vacation. And we did something similar last year. I spoke at the boss mom retreat in San Diego and they all came with me for a week. And when I wasn't speaking at the retreat, I also, I had another event. I'm in a mastermind with, um, Pat Flynn. So me and the group, we all met, we all were there for a few days, but in between the mastermind and the event, we did like San Diego vacation stuff together. So I think it's, it's good that I can, you know, put the two together because at the end of the day, that's kind of why I started my business to have that flexible schedule and come and go as I please. So if they can come along, then that's great. They can't always, my husband, you know, works full time as well. So sometimes it doesn't work out. So we're doing that in 2019. And for me, 2019, it's not necessarily about doing more, but it's being more strategic and just slowing down. I remember when I started my business, I would do like, try to do all the things and throw things at the wall and see what would stick. But now I'm going to really slow down and be very strategic about every little thing that I do. I've doubled my business every year since I've started it. And this year, that's not the goal. Right. Just because I'm not really, I'm not like a fancy car person. I have a nice house. I built my built-in bookshelves with my sliding ladder. That's all I've ever wanted in life. I have that now. (laughs) So, I mean, there's not really anything I need a whole lot of money for. So like, why work to get more money, you know? So I just want to be strategic and really perfect the things that I've started. I think that's, that's the goal for 2019 and having, having more fun with it and enjoying the process more. Yeah. I love that. That's, I mean, that's just a beautiful takeaway too, is that sometimes it's our intentionality and the way that we are strategic that makes our business and our parenting flourish, you know? Also, I have an image of you as Belle in the Beast's castle. Thank you for that. You're Thank welcome. You so much. That made my day. Becca. I mean, that is you, right, Christina? That made my freaking day. Just let's call you Belle from Noah. Please do. I would appreciate that. Oh, <laughs> Honestly, she's my favorite because I love to read, and she had the library with the sliding ladder. She is she's smart. Right. She's oh, smart. Love- she's not like a flopsy, helpless female. She's so good. And she's brunette. See. It's perfect. There you go. She's you. <laughs> it's perfect. I love it. So our whole podcast is about women who rise up through adversity um, and women who have built enterprises that, that matter and how we all do it with grace in front of our children. So will you just kind of leave us with some final words or just kind of a mantra for how you've always stayed above everything or risen up out of bad things? 
I honestly think my TV background maybe has a little bit to do with it because the TV industry, it's very heartless and it's very cutthroat. Mm. I remember my schedule would get changed because, well, we had just had somebody leave the station and she was Hispanic and we need another Hispanic um, on night side. So you need to go work nights now because you're, you're the Hispanic one, you know, like I could be the white one, but I was the Hispanic one. Right. So I had to be on the TV when there were no other Hispanics. So, I mean, it's just, it's just crazy. Like that's just one example of, so I think, I think just working in the TV industry and working my way up, starting with small markets and working my way up, that taught me how to have a thick skin, not only in the industry itself, but then being a member of quote, I'm using air quotes again, the media. For some reason, whenever anything happens, it's like the media's fault. So people hear you're a reporter, you're on TV and they automatically like hate you and they treat you terribly. So by the time it came to me running my business, I had a very thick skin and I was not afraid of failure. And I've never been one to be afraid of failure because I don't know when it happened. Maybe it was when I had kids, which um, would have been before I started my business. But I, I, I decided not to really care what other people thought because I have to make money. So this is my business and I have to have clients and this is what I have to do to get them. So I'm just going to do it. Yeah. And if people don't like it, then that's on them. That's not my problem. So I just, I've always just gone and, and done what I felt I needed to do. I've done whatever I wanted to do. And if I failed, great. It's a learning lesson. And then back at it again. I'm a big fan of James Patterson. I have almost all of his books on this built-in bookshelf here. The LA Times tweeted something at the end of 2018, and they were saying that he was the highest earning author at like 80 some million dollars for the year in royalty, something crazy like that. And James Patterson retweeted it. He said, and my very first book was rejected by 30 publishers. I love that story. Yes. That's all because, about And that's, I think, why I'm not afraid of failure. Like, I don't care if I fail because A, everybody does. And B, you just learn from it and it's like on to the next. Like, yeah. look at the facts. Stop like being all up in your feelings about failing. Like, what are the facts? Somebody said no. Okay, move on to next. Like, stop yeah. it with the feelings and just keep on keeping on. Yeah. And if you can go to bed happy about who you were and that you have integrity, then failure is going to be inevitable. Totally. I mean, everybody fails. So you can't be afraid of it. It's just part of the process. You just have to learn how to deal with it and how to react with it because that's, that's what makes the biggest difference. Mm. Um, so I think that's just what has kind of kept me on track is I have a thick skin and I don't, I don't care about failing. And I, I look at the facts instead of instead of feelings, I think a lot of times, and that may, that may sound heartless, <laughs> but you can get in your head about stuff and you can make things mm. up in your head if you think too much about it. So always go back to, okay, what are the facts? Like, don't take things personally, like just accept what it is and move on. Yeah. That's great advice. I love that. Christina, thank you for all the nuggets that you shared with us today and, and talking to us about holding the tension between being a present mom and a woman who's trying to build, you know, a known brand and, and be in the public eye. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been yeah. so much chatting with you. And everybody, please head over to Media Maven and Christina all day on Instagram and check out more about her brand and her podcast. And if you're a woman who desires to be an entrepreneur, there's a ton to learn from her. And her, her family's just plain all fun to watch. <laughs> 
they're not filtered. That's for sure. Neither, neither is their mom either. Maybe let's hope not. (laughs) I love it. Christina. Thank you. The two emerge podcast is brought to you by emerge mothers Academy. Please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a positive review. A special thanks to our media manager, Laurel Goulson, and to Jessica Manning for our music. This podcast is sponsored by Emerge Mothers Academy, a Twin Cities nonprofit equipping single moms through social work, counseling, work preparation, and a microloan grant program. We believe all moms can emerge as confident women and caring moms. To get involved or support us, please visit EmergeTwinCities.org.